Let's bring in Phil Striebel, Chief Market Strategist at Blue Line Futures. He's joining us this morning. Phil, we're talking Fed jobs this week. Definitely, as I just mentioned, the top of the list here in terms of uh, focal points for investors and traders. Yeah, and that, you know what you just brought up, that chart of the day, the, the dollar index there. That topping action that we saw in the dollar back in like October and November also marked the bottom in a lot of different commodities, things like gold, uh, the NASDAQ, the S&P, the Dow, those were all that bottoming area. So it's going to be interesting to see if the Fed comes out. I, I think Jerome Powell's got to really uh, maintain his hawkish narrative here. He can't give up, you know, he can't let inflation, the genie back out of the bottle here. So he's got to maintain a firm grasp on, on inflation keep that hawkish narrative going. And I think that that could start to break down some of these uh, foreign currencies, the equities, things like that. So, um, you know, we're just keeping an eye on a lot, a lot of the discussion that's coming out. But we are filled with a lot of a lot of different things this week. Consumer confidence tomorrow, ADP on Wednesday, and then, you know, the jobs number on Friday. So it's going to be a lot of action. You know, I think that I, I like that uh, in terms of tying it to, yes, uh, uh, there is a lot of action here. But in terms of tying the dollar to the NASDAQ, I actually just pulled up the chart here. This is the dollar topping out at 114 back in the end of September, October. And here you can see the NASDAQ bottoming out again at 10,500, well, 44 back around the same time. And I think a lot of people kind of chalk it up to what we've seen in terms of rates coming off, right? Here's the 30 year on the top half of the screen, the 10 year uh, on the top half. And you can see how with rates coming off those highs, we've seen the NASDAQ come off those lows. This is actually the ES off 3,500, uh, but the NASDAQ in a very similar fashion here. But, uh, uh, you know, I was just pointing out, Phil, in terms of some of the weakness in the dollar, I mean, it far exceeds what we've seen in terms of 10-year yields, 30-year yields. I mean, the 30-year still has yet to take out the December lows. I oftentimes kind of look to some of the foreign currencies. I call it the tail that wags the dog, the strength we've seen in the euro, strength we've seen in the pound. I mean, you can go across the board, throw a dart with a blindfold on, you'll hit a strong foreign, foreign currency versus the U.S. Yeah, I, I'm really, uh, you know, I, I think that some of these foreign currencies are going to back off. Things like the British pound, they look like, you know, they haven't really gone uh, much of anywhere recently. I think the euro currency is a little overextended. So I really do expect this week to be kind of another turning point for the dollar index. I think the dollar index has been sold off uh, just a bit too much. So, um, you know, when you talk, start talking about rates and, and back tying into that NASDAQ, when most of those tech companies, uh, you know, a lot of their a lot of how they raise capital and everything is by borrowing it. So when you see that um, those borrowing costs come down, you know, the NASDAQ starts to get going. Then the NASDAQ's filled with a lot of those bubble stocks, um, the high beta short squeeze stocks. So we see Tesla's up 70% from, you know, its recent lows here. And just about everything has caught caught a bit of a bit. I was pretty um, pretty surprised to see those. Uh, you know, I had to bust out the, uh, the Wall Street bets mug again, you know, because these guys are going after everything, you know. Bed Bath Beyond, AMC, all these different uh, stocks all over. Well, when you see things ripping up above the 50-day moving average to the extent that we have, and I'm not surprised to see that kind of activity coming out of the woodwork. Let's talk a little bit about how I think uh, I don't want to compare apples and oranges here, but you do have a situation where there's a lot of people focused on the ECB, the Bank of England, and uh, what we've seen in terms of the Bank of Canada recently trying to get a feel for where the Fed is, but a, a bit of a different scenario uh, in terms of what's going on in Europe as far as the UK and, uh, well, we are just talking at the top of the show about Spain, a bit of an uptick in terms of their CPI overnight. In the Bank of Canada, that was kind of the interesting one because that's that's the one that you know they indicated that they're done. And in our other 
central banks going to take that kind of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that kind of position. So, you know, if you look at the the, the Fed, so we're going to have 25 basis point here on Wednesday in March, it's got an 85% chance of another 25 basis points. You know, why not just do 50 and be done with it? I'm not sure. So I don't know, uh, you know, what, what your own Powell's thinking, but I think that it's just maybe that he just doesn't want to like let things go. He needs to have some kind of position, some skin in the game, as far as the ability to kind of consistently raise rates going forward. Phil, for a while, I've been saying uh, that with price activity in terms of currencies where they are, the dollar I mentioned before we brought you in, the rally we saw off the lows from last year, 94 up to 114, 115. We're kind of right back in the middle of that range. The euro, the pound, I mean, many of these products, gold, for example, found themselves sort of right back into this range. We had uh, your colleague on, uh, uh, Bill Brook joined us on Friday. He talked about crude oil, for example, very comfortable and contained was the word that he used. I mean, a lot of these products seem to be waiting for more information. I guess the question is, will we get Get that from some of the data throughout this week, or from some of the central bank policy decisions. Well, the you know all the leading indicators, U.S. leading indicators, they've been continuing to deteriorate, and the same thing with the consumer has really been strained recently. So, you know, I, I wonder how long they're going to maintain you know the the hawkishness, and we'll we'll see this type of level of strain. It's the employment market, the the employment sector that's you know really kept things going here to the upside. Um, you know, other commodities that we're really keeping an eye on. Yeah, you, know, you mentioned gold. Gold has been the best one because gold is really forward-looking on the Fed stopping raising rates, and it's just been, it's it, none of the other metals can keep up with it. Maybe copper, which has done well, but seven percent of the global copper uh, supplies are offline right now due to various just just problems globally um, with getting supplies out. But things like platinum, things like uh, um, Silver, silver's been completely sideways since mid-December. You pull up that chart, that thing is gonna go one direction or the other. We're not sure the way we're playing it here is more on the, um, we're strangling the market with the $25, uh, uh, I'm sorry, a $22 and 50 cent put and a $25 call to the upside. So the average range on silver has been about 75 to 80, 80 cents right now. So when it breaks out, it's gonna go. Copper relatively contained as well. I guess one could use that word to describe price activity. Can you talk to us about what's going on recently? Well, prices at the pump have been on the rise, and I'm seeing lumber prices also fill. They've been spiking. Yeah, lumber prices. They started coming up when those uh, when you saw 30-year yields. Um, and there's probably a correlation right there. You, you look at like 30-year yields coming off, 10-year yields coming off, and that was probably the bottoming action in the lumber market because, uh, you know, the housing – the, the the housing stuff that's already been built and everything is not really selling. Like people trying to sell their houses right now, it's not really working, but it's not stop builders from building. Mm-hmm. It seems like everywhere, every major city I go to, you know, you count the number of, you know, huge cranes that are out there and, and you do see quite a bit of lumber on the move right now. So some of these commodities are, I think that there are some some bottoming in here and that I think that the Fed is gonna have to get over the fact that I don't think 2% inflation is gonna happen anymore. I think that we're at this elevated, there's a new benchmark here that we gotta follow going forward. Phil, any other commodities uh, that you have your eye on that we didn't cover? Uh, well, platinum is the one that went back neutral trend on the um, as far as the metals, and we're just keeping an eye on a lot of different ones that like the, the grain markets right now. They got problems in Argentina as 
far as dryness right now. So you've got uh, soybeans are up pretty big here today, uh, March beans, so they're catching a bid. So there's a lot of good commodities out there. Things like coffee are turning back to the upside. Sugar broke out to the upside as well. Um, so we keep a lot, an eye on a lot of the obscure ones because those things often, when they get going, they don't stop. Well, we did keep an eye, or we did take note of the move lower in wheat uh, about a week ago, but it did seem to have uh, limited follow-through as of yet. Uh, still kind of hanging out around 750 here. Phil, appreciate you joining us here and uh, breaking it down. A couple focal points this week for investors and traders, talking central bank activity as well as uh, some of the other data. Do out Phil Strebel's chief market strides at Blue Line Futures.